the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. So I was watching uh, Ohio State basketball in the Maui Classic and ruining the fact that I did not uh, go with them. When I noticed on the crawl a story about uh, an Ohio State hockey player uh, who had been accused of directing a racial slur at a Michigan State hockey player in a game on November the 11th, so a little over a week ago, uh, actually about two weeks ago, and I thought to myself, well, this shouldn't be too hard to figure out if this is authentic or not. The allegations were made by a Michigan State hockey player who said that an Ohio State hockey player during the course of competition on November the 11th directed a racial slur at him multiple times. Multiple times. Now, knowing how invested Ohio State is in the LGBTQ agenda, having hired a lesbian president and having... uh, gone on record many, many times about Black Lives Matter. They're into that. They're into uh, all manner of uh, rainbow wokeness. I figured, well, that's got to be the end of that hockey player. If he used a racial slur, off with his helmet, you know, and his head too. But strangely enough, Ohio State did not immediately dismiss this guy from the team or suspend this guy from the team. And I thought, well, then he didn't do it. Because if they knew that he did it, he'd be gonzo. And I thought about, well, how hard can it be? You go to the official, because they noted in this retelling of the incident, that the official on the hockey game heard the racial slur and kicked the Ohio State kid out of the game for uttering a racial slur. All right, so you go find the ref. Hey, did he say this? Did you hear him say this? Now, I'm not one to, like, cancel people because they use a racial slur. I've said many times, I don't I don't use racial slurs, and I understand that racial slurs are not polite conversation or even acceptable conversation in our culture, but that the using of a racial slur says way more about the person who uses it than it does about the person to whom it is directed. It says nothing about the person to whom it is directed. It says everything about the person who uses it. They're small-minded, they're a bigot, they're hateful, they're intolerant. But it says nothing about the person to whom it is directed unless the person to whom it is directed empowers the other person to hurt them. That's just a fact. Like, if you ignore it, if it doesn't phase you because you know who you are in Christ or you know that You know, whatever that slur is meant to convey, you know, is not true of you. If you have a positive self-image, if you're certain who you are, then I would look at the other person as like, well, that tells me everything I need to know about you. 
you don't have any authority over me. But if you give that authority to the other person to hurt you, well, then you've done exactly that. You've given them the room, the space to hurt you. Back to the Ohio State kid. Initially, um, Ohio State issued a statement saying that they had, and I quote, worked through this on-ice incident. They had worked through it. And nothing was said about a suspension or anything else. The Big Ten issued a statement that said, due to the absence of indisputable evidence presented to the conference, the conference has not imposed further disciplinary action. Further disciplinary action being beyond kicking the kid out of the game. So I'm like, okay, it's it's in dispute that he said it or whatever. Well, then, some former NHL players who uh, are minorities weighed in, one of whom was former Blue Jacket Anson Carter. Anson Carter is black. Anson Carter has been a broadcast analyst for Ohio State. I think he might be a national broadcast analyst now. And Anson Carter weighed in and said, if this is how they handle these situations, I don't know why any young player would want to play at that school or in that conference. He tweeted that. That was about eight hours before Ohio State Athletic Director Gene Smith issued a second statement where they said that the player, the offended, the offending player, his name is Camille Sadlocha, he's, a Poli, he's a, of Polish descent, uh, that he had been sent home and uh, will not compete with the team. But they did not say he was suspended for the season. They said he's not going to compete like I suppose they have games this weekend. But here's the part that caught my eye. I don't know if the kid said anything. I, I have no idea. Shouldn't be hard to figure out. Go talk to the official. Did you hear it? If not, it's a he said, she said thing. But here's the part that caught my eye. Gene Smith's second statement. I have met with the men's hockey team and will be meeting with them again soon to discuss our values. I bet they can't wait for that meeting. The team... <laughs> listen to this. The team will complete... Education on Racial Sensitivity, Diversity, Equity, Inclusion, of course they will, and the Use of Respectful Dialogue. The department and I will support them through this important process. So let's say this kid issued the racial slur, and he's been sent home, he's been suspended, he's bearing some kind of, you know, should bear guilt, shame, penalty, whatever they deem appropriate. Why does the team have to go through the training? Why does the team have to go through the training? The team didn't do anything wrong. The other players on the team didn't do anything wrong. Are there allegations against the team? Are there allegations against other players on the team? The other players on the team are responsible to take time out of their day, out of their studies, out of their leisure activities, and jump through these diverse, equitable, inclusive hoops that Gene Smith whiffed on in round one of this incident and got right in round two, the rest of the team is being punished for the bigoted views of, let's assume, bigoted views. I assume, you know, this actually happened. I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt that it actually happened. Why does the team have to go through this exercise? If I'm on the team, I would say, hey, Gene, pound sand. Because the team allowed it to happen. They this just, is ridiculous. I know. So here's my question. 
The next time we have an Ohio State professor who's found to have violated university standards on um, plagiarism, on uh, making an untoward sexual advance on a student, a fellow professor, the next time any administrator steps out of line in any regard, is Gene Smith going to sit through an, a seminar about all the things that this other professor who he has no connection to and did have no motivation in sparking this person's actions. Is Gene Smith going to have to sit through that seminar? You know doggone well he's not going to sit through that seminar. Is he going to make, like if he, let's say he has a rogue coach who does something wrong. Is he going to make Ryan Day sit through a seminar? That's laughable. You know it's laughable. I know it's laughable. This is ridiculous that these other hockey players have to sit through some seminar about diversity, equity, and inclusion because Ohio State wants the virtue signal about how much it cares about this incident. If it really cared about this incident, it would have done a little bit more initial investigative work and not had to come back later and double down or readdress punishment for this guy. What I assume happened here, this is just my assumption, is that the initial vetting of this did not rise to the level where Ohio State had to feel felt like it had to do anything. That whether or not the kid said what he's alleged to have said, either there was some dispute about whether it happened, or there was some dispute about whether he meant it the way it was taken. Maybe it wasn't a racial slur you've heard of. Maybe it was some other thing. Maybe he meant it a different way. I'm absolutely certain they investigated it. But for both Ohio State and the Big Ten, which has not made any bones about the fact that it is super woke, super democratic, left-leaning, to have basically said, eh, nothing to see here. Move on. They got shamed into doing something that from the outside in looks like they really care about this because they were embarrassed by... Anson Carter and other minority hockey players who have a big profile and a large social media following. And now they're making an example out of this kid, but that's not good enough. They have to make an example out of every kid. Oh, did you see Alan Rogers, who was at the uh, White House press room podium yesterday? You uh, might know this... uh, Little elf. Was it chocolate or chip? Uh, it was uh, not, not chocolate or chip. <laughs> it was uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci. Oh, Dr. Fauci. He's back. Dr. Fauci's back. And uh, Dr. Fauci was uh, lauded in his, uh, what we were told, final appearance at the White House podium. Now, uh, you will not be uh, robbed of further Anthony Fauci sightings because Anthony Fauci is certain... <laughs> to soon be showing up in front of Congress because he's going to be subpoenaed to show up on Capitol Hill and answer questions about the origins of COVID. Uh, So uh, here is uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre, your glass-ceiling-breaking black gay reader-in-chief, talking about Dr. Anthony Fauci, and then we lapse into a little 
Peter Ducey retrospective of uh, the best and greatest hits on the Anthony Fauci hit parade. One last time, one more time uh, at the podium. He's not going far, anticipating multiple congressional subpoenas. I absolutely will cooperate fully and testify before the Congress. I have nothing to hide. He's long dismissed criticism. They're really criticizing science because I represent science. Oh. That's dangerous. Mm. Although criticism was usually about his guidance, like on masks. He eventually supported mandates after starting here. Right now, people should not be walking. There's no reason to be walking around with a mask. And on businesses, like closing bars and schools. Right now, we have to start uh, implementing both containment and mitigation. And what was done when you do closing the school is mitigation. He's unconcerned about learning loss. I don't think it's forever irreparably damaged anyone. And his guidance about COVID dating back to its earliest days was inconsistent at best. Upon reflection, he makes no apologies. We were not dealing with a static situation. We were dealing with a dynamic situation. Yeah, we were dealing with a dynamic situation, and I just wish he had framed it like we were dealing with a dynamic situation. Look, folks, we're doing the best we can. This is our best recommendation right now. Two weeks later, he might have gotten up there and gone, look, we got it wrong here. The social distancing thing, uh, the washing of your hands, it's an airborne disease. We found out it's an airborne disease. You don't have to buy hand sanitizer. Don't go to ridiculous lengths. But he didn't do that. Everything was, I'm the, I am science. Right. I am science. Then you talk about pride becomes comes yeah. before the fall. Yeah, exactly. I am science. How dare you object to anything that I tell you? And when you say on one hand, people should not be wearing masks. And then a couple weeks later. That you should be wearing masks. And we find out that originally you said don't wear masks because you were afraid that people would make a run on masks, and you wouldn't be able to get them for hospital personnel. In the beginning, why not just be truthful with people and say, look, we don't really know about this virus. We have a concern. The people who are most at risk are the people working in hospitals where sick people go. So, look, we've shut down the country. There's no reason for you to wear a mask around your house. You can't go to church. You can't go to restaurants. You can't go anywhere. Leave the mask for the people who need them most. Please leave the mask for people who need the most. You're not helping us if you go out and make a run on mask. Trust the people to pull together. But instead, you lectured everybody, and then you'd turn around and tell people the exact opposite later and act like you never said what you originally said. Do hospitals go to Kroger to get their masks? I don't think so. I mean, so this whole run on masks thing, I, don't they have them in stock in the hospital? Well, there was the whole China supply chain thing. and it, I, I just think you're better off being honest with people up front saying, this is a sacrifice that we need you to make as American people. You're not in any danger around the people you love. You're at home. I mean, that's why they shut the country down, so people wouldn't go out, right? So the mistakes that they made were terrible, but the ultimate mistake they made was to compromise people's belief in public health experts, because I guarantee you the next time, if we have a pandemic that's as serious as we thought COVID might be, And COVID turned out to be a very serious thing for people who were immunocompromised, old, obese, in some way in danger. For the rest of us, there were exceptions, of course, but a lot of healthy, otherwise healthy people who were told they had to get the vaccine have long-term medical consequences or died suddenly. And they won't even admit that. 
They won't even admit, no, I didn't have anything to do with the vaccine. No, 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 it must be a big coincidence. So they've compromised their authenticity. And they are seen as, because they keep talking about it, I mean, here's the White House COVID czar yesterday. They're seen as being in the pocket of Big Pharma. And why would they not be seen that based upon what this White House COVID czar said yesterday? The best way I believe to counter misinformation and disinformation is to spread good information, to spread science-based information, to have trusted voices. So I started my comments by reminding everybody that America's physicians, like the real leaders of American medicine, the people you trust for your cancer care and your heart care and your pediatrics care are out there telling you you need to go get a vaccine. You can decide to trust America's physicians or you can trust some random dude on Twitter. Like, those are your choices. As if there were no doctors telling you that the whole thing was being magnified. Like, it is not a binary choice between doctors and some random dude on Twitter, okay? We had guys from Johns Hopkins, from Oxford, from Stanford, the Great Barrington Declaration, saying this is overblown. Marty McCary from Johns Hopkins, he's an idiot? He's a random guy on Twitter? No, he's a, he's a very good infectious disease doctor. But you can't pay any attention to him. Why? Why can't you pay any attention to him? Because he disagrees with the approved narrative. That's why. Because he's anti-science. Now, in the course of the show today, something has occurred that I want to notify you of. We've talked before about this scheduled family-friendly drag show coming to the Unitarian Universalist Church in Clintonville a week from Saturday, December the 3rd. And I have encouraged you to go and stand against evil. I have to be out of town that weekend or I would be there with you. They are inviting kids to this with their families. Under two years old, kids are admitted free. So they are trying to get kids to this. Okay. So I had hoped that there would be a strong protest presence against it. And there will be, but it's going to be controversial because the Proud Boys have announced that they will be gathering outside the universal Universalist Unitarian Church to protest this drag show. Now, you will read headlines about this, and I guarantee you that every headline you will read about this, because you'll be reading about it on the Dispatch website or NBC4 website, and they're, they're every bit as woke as the Dispatch, if not more. Channel 6, Channel 10, they'll all portray this as the Proud Boys, a far-right extremist group responsible for the January 6th insurrection existential threat to democracy will be gathering to protest Drag Queen Story Hour. Now, the Proud Boys may be culpable for a lot of bad things. If they do not engage in violence at this event, if all they do is make it more difficult for this to happen, then they're fine. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.